Come on. Strong and powerful Marsha Mantel has returned to Money Savage. Welcome back, Marsha. Thank you so much, George. I'm delighted to be back with you. Yeah. Marsha is an author. She's a blogger. She's a retirement business development consultant. And again, back on the show, Marsha, tell us a little bit about your personal life. It's more about your work and why you do what you do. <laughs> you know, I wonder that some days, George. Why do I do this retirement thing? <laughs> But I, I do it from Plymouth, Massachusetts, and it is beautiful here, although we're having yet another snowstorm. Um, and it was just the 400th anniversary of the landing of the Mayflower. Oh, so wow. We, we had kind of a, you know, a big deal planned and such, but then COVID happened. Mm. And like everyone, you know, my, my entire life was turned upside down. But, you know, my kids are grown and gone. So it's been more about worrying about them out in Minnesota. They're doing great. They need no worrying over. Um, and my husband and I have been able to hunker down between home and my office in Plymouth. It's a private office. So, you know, it's been hard, but I'm, I'm grateful that my kids are grown and gone. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think about, talk about, deal with, read about, write about retirement every day. And unfortunately, you know, during this COVID um, pandemic, women are getting hit really hard with needing to stay home for childcare or home dealing with um, sick spouses or their elderly parents, you know, when they can uh, talk about it in terms of creating a bubble, if they can create a safe bubble so that they're not exposed, that's great, but then they can't go to work. Mm -hmm. And that's gonna have some long-term effects on retirement. So these are things I think about every day. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, there's so many second and third and fourth and fifth order effects that that we're probably not thinking about and talking about with COVID, but um, yeah. and that's certainly an unfortunate one right there of women getting hit really hard and leaving the workforce and how that's going to, you know, uh, how 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 is that going to impact retirement? You know, hopefully it won't be as dire as we think. Um, there are some positive things. I mean, if you could stay home for a year with your kids, I'm not sure if that's what all of us would choose, but um, <laughs> if you can structure you know, the fun of it, that's not a bad thing. If you lose your house over having to lose your job, that's a problem. Yeah. You know, so we, we see short-term and then the long-term effects may be relatively short in nature if we can get this thing, you know, brought to, to the end, um, then you lose a year or two of savings, you, you lose a year or two of earnings on your social security statement. But if you're a young mom, you've got years to make up for this. Mm -hmm. Where I see the bigger problem are those of us, uh, let's say, hitting or north of 60, losing their jobs. Mm -hmm. Because older workers cannot recover. If you were trying to use these last 10 years, say 55 to 65, to super save and really strengthen your savings to retirement and then you lose your job at 60 or at 61 or 62, this is a gigantic problem for that group of people, men and women, because of course you can't super save anymore and now you're gonna start tapping your own resources way earlier than you had planned. And those three or four or five years earlier, 
can be devastating to retirement security. So that's, for me, the bigger problem. The young moms, it's super hard right now um, dealing with the kids at home and trying to juggle work and, and so forth. But that's short term. For our near retirees, it's long term. Yeah. Is there... I mean, it's it, it's always kind of a, a it's sort of a crappy thing to hear about what you just described because yeah. being a person and uh, you know uh, and anybody wants to help, right? But is is there anything to be done? This episode is brought to you by Money Alignment Academy. If you are looking for a financial wellness platform for your company, your organization, and your employees, check out moneyalignmentacademy.com or click on the link in the notes of the show. You know, it's a good question. There there are things people can do, but there are often things they didn't want to do. Yeah. So one of the biggest opportunities a lot of near retirees have is that they have a house that's nearly paid off or paid off, hmm. but they were planning to live there forever because this is where they raise their kids and all of that. But if you can sort of take that step back, take the emotion out of it, that house might be a very significant asset that will make your retirement that much more successful. So you could sell it and downsize. Um, you do have to live somewhere, you know, preferably not with the children. Right. So you're going to, you know, use some of that money to, to purchase your new, your new home. And that's a great strategy for some. Some people just really can't do it. They mm -hmm. cannot make that break. And then you have other there products there. You can use your house to get maybe a second um, a second mortgage on it, a, a home equity line of credit. There are options that you could talk to, you know, a licensed advisor about. Um, but think about that home as one avenue. You know, another is just getting a part time job in something you never thought you might do. I I had a call from a colleague of mine, a big time professional. He had one career in media and he was retired but his wife is 10 years younger than he is and he said you know we're not she's not going to retire now so what do you think if i become a groundskeeper at a golf course hmm. and i said well do, would you like that he goes well i love being outside i ride my bike you know 50 miles a day he's very outdoorsy and i said well are they going to pay you anything yep take it yeah like, don't overlook these uh, these opportunities. You know, it doesn't have to be the big fancy job that you've had in your corporate career. Now do something else. And if you're getting paid on the side, getting paid even, you know, not great wages, but it helps. Every dollar in helps preserve those savings. So those are a few ideas. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, interesting, right, that, that this idea of looking at your house as as an asset, I, I think that we've always thought that, that this is the biggest asset that most Americans will ever have. But um, I know that reverse mortgages have, have, have come a long way, and we don't need to talk about the ins and outs of the product. But sort of touching on that a little bit is that this is a way to potentially create an income stream that you probably didn't know that was there. Absolutely, they have come a long way. I have a very uh, dear colleague who is an, a, a reverse mortgage expert, uh, Shelly Giordano, and there is, you know, this emotional. You know, your home is an asset, and if uh, if we were all logical and rational, we would just think of it as an asset, like a mutual fund or like you know your, your game stock stock. Right. And <laughs> but we don't. 
this is very emotional, and it's more emotional than it is financial for most people. So when when that's the case, you know, you got to run with your your strong suit. If you're very attached to this home or you wanted to make sure your grandchildren came back to the place you raised your kids, then you have to deal with that on that emotional and that behavioral level. And then you can look into things like a reverse mortgage. Um, look into it early. You know, I'd say with this COVID pandemic has led to the more you can think about possibilities and just think about what your plan might be, the better prepared you will be for weathering a storm, whatever it might be. You know, we don't know what's going to happen three years from now and five years from now or tomorrow, frankly. But you, you can just better think about, is this an opportunity for me and for my family and to protect what I've worked so hard to earn and to save? Yeah. Yeah, right. We, we talked about two really practical things that people can be doing right now if they do find themselves in a position where they're out of work and needing money. Um, but to be a little bit more proactive about things, to be looking at at retirement, um, there's certainly the emotional component that you've been talking about. And, and then there's then there's the dollars and cents and things like healthcare that I think that it's going to be a, a really, really challenging thing for, for all of us to deal with. Yeah, healthcare is um, challenge is a nice word. We'll, we'll go with that word today, George. Um, <laughs> when when people who have put careers, you know, 40, 45 years of careers now in the rearview mirror, and they're looking at age 65 or even older if they've worked till older ages, oh, at some point you come face to face with Medicare. And it is a stunning shocker, no matter how smart you are, how many degrees you have, that you were doing amazing research or that you were checking groceries at the grocery store. It does not matter your lot in life. When it comes to Medicare, it is the great equalizer and it is shocking for everybody. And it's shocking in that, first of all, you never really have to think about your health insurance. You know, once a year with your employer, you pick a box, right? You you choose plan one, two, or three, which your employer offers to you and, and be done with it. Or you're on the healthcare exchanges, bronze, silver, gold. Okay. So you, you have this little tiny universe that you work in all of a sudden Medicare, it's a completely different game and it's super expensive. If you know nothing about Medicare and how much it might cost, I suggest to people start with $500 per person per month. Hmm. You can imagine that is not well received. No. It's like, are, are you freaking kidding me? It's like, well, I'm not. Now, that might not be your number. Lots of people have less of a number. Lots of people have more. So, you know, the, the, the quick top view of Medicare is around this is an individual health insurance that each of us gets. There's no family coverage. You know, Dan and I cannot be covered on the same plan. It's all about your personal health. But you have multiple parts of Medicare, A, B, D, and Medigap, or there are Medicare Advantage plans. That's the same as A, B, D, and Medigap, just all rolled into a package. And they all cost money. And they sometimes cost money on a monthly basis, so monthly premiums. Starts out at $148.50, I think is this year's number, per person per month. And that only covers your physicians and outpatient services, 80% of them. 
So you have to pay the other 20%. And that's where most people buy a Medigap plan so that they can have all anything that comes their way, it gets covered. But the big deal breaker is drug coverage. Hmm. And insurance is, um, it's designed to help you pay for your costs. But when people think about Medicare, they just think the government's gonna pay for all of their health insurance and health costs. But it's not, they help you pay for your share of the costs. And it's just expensive. So these Medigap plans are expensive, anywhere between, give or take, $125 to $500 a month per person, depending what benefits you want covered. But the Part D plans, the prescription drug plans, they can be wildly expensive. It can be as cheap as $13 a month. That's the least amount I've seen for the premium, and especially somebody who takes one generic drug. Shop on price, pay 13 bucks a month or 20 bucks, and the 75 cents per month for your drug. But when you get to what I call the designer drugs, and I was doing an analysis just the other day on Berlinta, not to pick on Berlinta in particular, but <laughs> it's a drug a lot of retirees will be on. It's to help prevent strokes and heart attacks, especially if you've already had one. So this is a key drug in the drug arsenal, right? But that costs more like $2,000 a month. And there'll be some catastrophic breaks and so forth, but it's really hard with these more expensive drugs. They're, they're manufactured and, and researched and made to help you live a long, productive life, but that comes with a cost. So that is very distressing to people who didn't know, which is everyone, <laughs> to plan for such a huge budget item all for their health care. So that's some of the news I get to deliver yeah. to financial advisors, to the big financial firms that I work with, and consumers, everyday people who have just been going about their life doing a good job. It's so, shocking. Is the most popular person in the room. Right. Marsha is super popular at cocktail parties, folks. Yeah. <laughs> you were talking about uh, planning for $500 a month, and I – I I remember hearing a couple of years ago, or everything sort of runs together, that over the course of a lifetime, we're going to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars for medical costs. But just doing the math, you know, $12,000 a year over 20 years is $240,000. It, it's not sophisticated math. No. <laughs> it's really not. Like, forget inflation, forget that, you know, these costs go up twice and three times the, co uh, the rate of inflation. Simple math, right. And hopefully you won't be quite at $500, but uh, really I'm not that far off. Mm -hmm. It's if you're the most healthy, you might get away with more like $300 a month. But okay, but you're also going to live 30 years. Yeah. The math works the same. Yeah. So that's 360000 so, <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it is. Um, but I... I do hesitate to put those big, big numbers out there yeah. because then people get paralyzed and they think right. they can't do this. You, you can and you will. Um, it's just a little more daunting. But if you put everything out there. So, uh, you know, another uh, topic I cover a lot that people want to know is, should I um, pay off my mortgage or not before retirement? So people have really different perspectives on that. There's the camp that says, oh my gosh, of course you have to pay off your mortgage. You don't want to have that kind of debt going into retirement. The other camp says, 
oh my gosh, no, I don't want to pay off my mortgage. That's still going to be my biggest tax uh, deduction. So you have these two different camps. But we don't tend to look at our mortgages as the full value of the home, the $500,000 house or the you know, with a, or the million dollar house with a $500,000 mortgage still on it. So what's been happening is we've thrown out this big scary number for healthcare in, in terms of the big, you know, 20, 25, 30 year number. Oh, but we don't do that for our housing. We don't do that for our food. You know, how much do you spend at the grocery store every week? You know, we are hard pressed now that we don't eat out very much, which is highly distressing to me since I'm the only <laughs> cook in the house. Right. You know, it's stunning. We can spend $150, $200 a week at the grocery store sure. times 52 weeks times 30 years is a really big number. Mm-hmm. So we sort of have to either put everything on the blown out full 30 year number or we look at it per month. And it's a little more reasonable to look at it per month. And it would also say for anyone who runs into trouble, a financial trouble, I'll say particularly with your parents, you know, our, our older parents, they did not have the opportunity to save like we do. And they may literally be running out of money. They're living a long time. And if that's the case, every state is required by Medicare to have lots of what they call extra help programs, whether it's for prescription drugs, whether it's to offset premiums, whether it's to get additional um, benefits covering these high costs that mom and dad are running into. There's a net there for us and we should use it, you know, look into it and use it. Um, So that's something. And then when you look into it for your parents, you all of a sudden become a lot more knowledgeable for you as well. So um, it, it's a big, complex law, Medicare, but um, but it is what it is. So I think the more we can get our arms around it, the happier we're all going to be as we move into retirement and that we've budgeted for it in advance. Amen. Amen. Yeah. An, ounce, an ounce of prevention, pound of cure yes. deal. <laughs> Or I could just ask your buddy if uh, if that golf course is 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 also hiring, so we can all get jobs as greenskeepers or whatever it is. That's right. Love it. Well, Marsha, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Well, you know that ounce of prevention is a really good tip, and I'm going to go with not only that one, but if you are 50 or around 50, that is the age you need to start planning for retirement income. And it's a little shocking. Uh, one of my colleagues in the industry said with big eyes, what, you want me to do my first plan at 50? That's only a few years away. Yes, 50. This is really a magic number for retirement. You get to start catch-up contributions if you haven't been able to save enough because you know you have these kids or you had a great time traveling all these years. 50 is really important. And you only get a 15-year look. You know, it's only 15 years till Medicare at 50. And if you've got to save $100,000, $50,000, a lot more than whatever you have today, 15 years is not a long time. So anchor your planning around age 50 so that you can make much better decisions going forward, including my other tip is learn a new word. The word is no, N-O. 
You could also use K-N-O-W, but it's really the N-O, no, I'm talking about. It's super hard to say no. It's hard to say no to your kids. It's hard to say no to vacations, especially after pandemics. You know, who would have thought? But that is key. You're going to have to take a step back from maybe your your favorite choices and instead direct that money into the retirement kitty. You're going to need it. Well, I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. Yeah, no is not the most exciting word in the world, and this has not been the most exciting conversation that we've Uplifting. ever had, but but perhaps one of the most important. So take your medicine now so you can take your medicine later. Huh? Huh? <laughs> George, that's awesome. <laughs> there it is. I think that's like a Dave Ramsey-ism right there probably. Yeah, so. there you go. <laughs> Marcia, thank you so much for coming back on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Oh, I love that question. Thank you for having me. First of all, it's always delightful to talk to you. And you can find lots of great tips and fun stories about baby boomers on my blog at boomerretirementbriefs.com. Perfect. Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Marshall your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to boomerretirementbriefs.com. Check out all the great resources that Marsha has and is working on. Thanks again, Marsha. Thank you, George. Best of luck to you. You as well. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together.